You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome to another edition of The Breakfast Show here on The Voice of Islam Radio. Today is Wednesday, the 5th of October, 2022. Uh, and uh, just to, you know, just to give a familiar I mean, if you are familiar with the with the breakfast show, the setup of the breakfast show, you would know how things are run over here. Firstly, we go into the news segments, talk about the news, what's happening around the world, and then uh, after that, we get into our uh, main sort of uh, our main segments uh, as well for the morning. Uh, some interesting topics that we're going to be speaking about uh, today as well. Um, we're going to be speaking about uh, when well, the first segment after the news, we're going to be speaking about how supermarkets, top of the charts of UK's most wanted companies to work for. Now, we've, uh, we, we've, I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting because according to a study conducted by the Marketing and Training Hub School of Marketing, Tesco was, um, this is, which is a supermarket, of course, you would know, was the most popular company online with more than 362,000 searches a month for job adverts. Now, this includes searches for Tesco jobs and Tesco careers. And uh, the, the second most popular company to work for was, uh, believe it or not, Amazon. Now, this is more than 184,000 searches a month for Amazon jobs and 12,000 for Amazon, Amazon careers. Now, we're gonna, I mean, we're going to be speaking a little bit more about, uh, about, more about this um, a little bit later on as well. Because it is quite interesting as well. A lot of people are finding... It difficult to 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 get a job to get a career in their specific you know something that they actually want to do, um, but still sometimes uh, it doesn't go it doesn't go according to plan, and uh, you have to sort of uh, make things work. You have to make ends meet. You have to make things work. You have to you know be employed, of course, to get a to get a salary, to get an earning, to have a living. The cost of, of course, the cost of living is going up. A lot of people are working, you know, full time, even on weekends, working on the weekend as usual. Now, even, you know, some for some people, it's, it is usual to work on the weekends. For some people, it is usual now to work long hours. And, of course, sometimes you see where there's, uh, you know, sort of a mother and a father, the mother's working as well as the father. Um, sometimes, you know, it, I mean, or, you know, years back, I take a decade ago, two decades ago, this was mostly not sort of the case. Mostly, mostly there would only be one, uh, one sort of breadwinner or one person actually goes out m- more or less. Most of the times it would be the, the father who would be the father figure, the, the head of the family, go out there, make an, make an, make a living, make an earning. And, uh, you know, it would be a you know that would just be that will suffice that would be enough for you know for, for a basic standard living but now because of everything you know the cost of living going up all of this it's it's a diff- it's put a it's put all of us in a difficult situation and uh, where you know sometimes you may not get the job that you actually want but still you have to you have to you know you have to get a job you have to earn a living otherwise you can't you can't just simply rely 
on you know on social benefits that's not going to that's not going to improve your life it's not going to be it's not going to be enough for that basic standard of living um that's why you know a lot of people are going into uh I'm not going to say it's an easy job because you know let's face it retail jobs are actually quite difficult as well um dealing with uh, dealing with you know you know stocking up the shelves but it's not just all of that it's all about dealing with people as well on and off um you can't have a bad day if you have a bad day then you know you're going to be a bad employee and then that's going to you know your your manager's not going to be happy with it but we're going to speak a little bit more about this a little bit later on as well um studies have also shown that ex- exhausted and burned out doctors have a higher risk of uh, posing potential th- uh, risk to patients and believing uh, and being involved in uh, in more incidents as well um now pe- people in the people in the medical field who end up burned out and exhausted also have a high chance of considering quitting their job and that's something uh, that we're going to be speaking about a little bit later on towards the latter part of the show um as i said is it is an interesting uh, topic that we're going to be speaking or interesting topics that we're going to be speaking about and that is or to give it a title exhausted doctors increases risk to patients safety and that's a very very risky thing that's it's a serious it's a serious thing and uh, that's why we that's why we're speaking about it sometimes they're forced to as i mentioned in the beginning that some you know people are working long hours long shifts working working overtime has become usual working on the weekend is usual now and and because of this it affects their it, you know it affects their everything it affects their mentality it affects them physically mentally uh it can it drains them and when they get drained then they don't want to do anything else when they come home you know they're too burned out that they can't do anything they can't do anything they can't give time to their to their wives and their children and their family members they can't even go out and have a social life because they're just burned out and all they just want to do is is just sleep um and also obviously if they are burned out if they are working long hours on a regular basis because they have to but they're forced to how are they going to cope with the how are they going to cope with their job in the first place and that will obviously have an effect on their job on their work if they are doctors their patients are going to be affected it's not just them they're going to be affected the doctors themselves but the the, the you know the 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 patients they're going to be affected and that goes the same everywhere even if you're working in retail if you're burned out you're not just going to affect yourself you're going to affect the company you're going to affect the people you're going to affect the customers and all you know it's just it's just a whole circle that you that you go around um and then it it's a, it's a whole spiral that you just go around and you just go down and down and down unless and until something is you know something is done there's a motive you know when there's all these cuts coming in place and there's all these um you know talking about the public sector there's cuts coming in that even though they are increasing a little bit by pennies which is you know maybe not making that much of a difference as they want to but still we see we see a decline in that payment but then you see the cost of living is going up but the minimum wage is not is not 
you know, it, it doesn't sort of level with that level with that basic standard of living anymore. You know, if you, even if you just get uh, a two or three liter bottle of milk, that costs much more than it used to a couple of months ago, a couple of years ago. So the minimum wage which was there before, which was maybe okay for a, for a, for a basic standard living, that's not sort of the same thing anymore. That's not on the same level. That's not up to par with the basic standard of living. And that's what we always talk about. That's what we always sort of, that's why we want to get it out there. Policymakers, governments, um, people who are in the government, MPs, you know, all of this, when they come together, realize the struggle for the working class, especially. The working class are there, are there working their working their socks off, literally. And they get burned out. And they get and then the people, the customers get affected. And then, you know, it's a, as I mentioned, it's a whole spiral, it just goes around and around and around. It affects literally everybody. Something definitely has to be done. Um you know, you know, of course, you know, we we can say yes, we are you know, we are because of the interest rates uh, are going up, inflation is going up, all of this and you know, we're, we're leading towards a recession. Fine, you know, all of this is there, but but then okay, but who controls the money? Who controls the money? It's the you know, the, obviously the banks control the money, isn't it? So something definitely has to be done, and uh, you know, if 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 nothing is done about all of these problems, then the, the you know, then how are people going to be? How are people going to cope with this? How are people going to cope with the struggle? And uh, as I mentioned, very very sort of uh, d- difficult. It's a difficult situation that this has put uh, all of us, uh, all of us in. Um, to- something. I mean, of, of course, if you want to get in touch with us, as it is an interactive show uh, with any of our segments uh, this morning, zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight is the number for you to call. We see that um, there are uh, there are strikes that are planned. That will affect TFL Transport for London Services. Um, one is actually scheduled for today. Um, the national, the national rail strikes, which will be on today and on Saturday, the eighth of October. Um, most TFL services will continue to run, though, and there will be some disruption to London Overground Tube and Elizabeth Line services. But disruption to service uh, services will continue into the following morning as well um you know the on thursday um the london overground is uh looking right by the good service expected by by the late morning as, you know as I, as I mentioned that it will affect in the morning as well but then during the day it should be it should be fine as i mentioned on saturday um there'll be limited services between queen's park and harrow um between eight o'clock and six o'clock and the rest of the line will run as normal, the district line as well as the Elizabeth line. There are some effects, uh, you know, it's affected that as well. There are some strikes over there as well, so some delays. So if you are taking the if you are taking the TFL, make sure you check uh, if your line is actually working or not. Make sure that, uh, you know, you, you, know, you, you plan ahead and uh, there's a... Uh, uh, you know, there's enough time for you to get to your uh, to your required destination. Um, you know, it, if you talk about if you talk about the weather, the weather is you know it, you know it is drastically no I mean not drastically, 
but it is decreasing by the day as well. Um, the te- if you look at it, if you just look at the temperatures um, from as from as high as nineteen degrees, it's going to go down to sixteen degrees this uh, this weekend. Could be a bit rainy uh, on uh, on Friday and towards the beginning of next week. The rest of the days should be should be okay. Should be should be sunny. Um, but uh, but you know as 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 we are into um, autumn, we're in the fall. So you know, make sure you make sure if you if you are going out, make sure you are covered. Make sure you are uh, because it is flu season. Let's face it; it is flu season. No one's wearing a mask, um, and uh, you know it's uh, it's you know you don't want to you know you you don't want people to confuse or you don't want yourself to get confused as well if you have COVID or not. Because it's not as it's not as easy as it was before to get a PCR test, to get a lateral flow test as well. Um, but still, uh, make sure you are keeping covered as well as uh, staying hydrated um, and also staying fit and healthy, but staying warm uh, as well. Uh, also, um, is there anything anything that has uh, coming that uh, you know something in the news that has uh, popped popped your eye or something that? You wanna you wanna talk about? Um, so you know, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are aware hmm. of what's going on with the financial situation in our country. Yeah, yeah. and you know how Liz Truss is um, the new prime minister. How she's uh, trying to cope with everything. How she's trying to sort everything out. So um, a mm. headline on uh, BBC News it says uh, Liz Truss will use her uh, set piece Tory conference speech to explain why she thinks the disruption caused by her economic policies will be worth it. Mm. I mean, I understand, like, but she ha- she even she's admitting it's a disruption, right? Mm. And it's not like we were not already in a disruption, right? So you know maybe she thinks uh, two negatives make a positive. But that's not the case. That's not what's really happening. She's saying the tax cuts will benefit everyone. So, like, myself, personally speaking, um, so, you know, for for example, she put the price cap on the two and a, um, on the energy bills, two and a mm. half thousand pounds mm. uh, for the next two years. Yeah. Even though the um, EGM, the energy, like, you know, like the Ofcom, basically, of uh, energy yeah. uh, companies. The surveillance. The, sort of, yeah, yeah, surveillance or... Uh, you know the Ofsted of basically energy yeah. companies. They said it was going to be around three and a half thousand, but the government capped it to two and a half thousand. Mm. But you know that only means that if you're if you're using more, you will still end up paying more. Mm. If you're using more, you'll be still so, end up paying. So basically, there, is, there there's no actual cap. There's no actual cap. It's it's just like for average households that they won't have to pay more than two and a half thousand pounds. But it doesn't really make sense because. Mm. It's it's for uh, households and businesses, but it doesn't really make sense because if you're using more, you will pay more. Hmm. And um, like even for myself personally, I I spoke to I'm with British Gas. I spoke to British Gas the other day, and they said they've upped the uh, gas prices by like seven p per kilowatt hmm. in the last month, and by um, they've upped like the electric prices by like eight nine p per kilowatt per hour. Hmm. So if you think about it per, per hour. kilowatt per hour yeah. you know that accumulates to quite a bit and um so that 2500 pound cap doesn't really mean anything if you're using more you will end up paying more if you have a bigger household you will end up paying more hmm. 
So that's how it is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's I, basically a pay as you go, mm. but that cap is just there. It's just there on paper. Yeah, but it's not actually you know in real in real terms mm. or in you know in actuality, it's not actually there. Yeah, I mean, what you're talking about this trust as well. The you know the Times on the front uh, the front the uh, front uh, page of the Times. Yeah, it even says that this trust will warn that more disruption lies ahead as a result of economic uh, growth after another day of cabinet in uh, uh, infighting threatened to derail her first party conference as leader uh, as I mentioned the Times has actually reported that as well a lot of the newspapers are actually talking about um, are, you know are actually talking about this as well but um, I mean yeah it's, it, it is it mm. is a difficult situation that we are actually in the Guardian the front page of the Guardian states that Liz Truss's cabinet is in uh, open warfare over the 45p tax U-turn and benefit cuts uh, with the you know with the Home Secretary accused mm. fellow Tory MPs of a coup against the Prime Minister so I mean it, whoever was going to be Prime Minister right now yeah. had, was going to face these problems anyway mm. um, but you know we always see you know we always see and you know the, the bashing the bashing the you know the, the mm. government bashing mm. the Prime Minister mm. and uh, the new yeah. Chancellor yeah. Um, I'm not even sure how to pronounce his uh, name properly but um, Kawasi Kwarteng I mm. believe yeah yeah. so he he's you know also been forced to obviously he has to make do whatever the Prime Minister says right he, he has to sort out all the money and stuff mm. so he he's saying that the aftermarkets have reacted really badly to plans to borrow uh, to fund f- 45 billion in tax cuts mm. and let's be honest who are these tax cuts going to benefit yeah, are they going to benefit the people who are middle class or working the class? Working class, yeah, they're exactly, not. exactly. They're not. They're going to benefit the people who are earning the most, and they're going to be getting tax cuts, right? Which, which doesn't make sense. Yeah, which doesn't make sense. But she's saying it will make the economy better, which in turn will make the country better. No, I understand. Obviously, you know, we need to do improve our economy, but we need to make sure that people aren't having to skip meals. Because mm. they just simply can't afford it, or they mm. or they're they having to choose between yeah. having a meal or heating their home. Literally, in in this winter. Yeah, and and you obviously because of mm. because of uh, climate change. Exactly. The, the summer is hotter. The winter mm. is colder. Yeah. And uh, you know even you know even now when it's a bit cold in the morning or mm. at night time, sometimes okay fine if you do wear a jumper. Yeah. That's fine, but sometimes mm. you know it gets so cold that a jumper doesn't it doesn't cut it. Yeah, you have to turn the heating on, so it's it, it it has put a difficult situation on all of us, especially Definitely. the working class. Tax cuts, how does that? I mean, I don't know. It just it's it's not going it to benefit beyond, the layman, is it? it? Literally, it goes beyond me mm. that how can that benefit uh, the you know the working class who are literally who, who are, are literally struggling, there, who are struggling, who are struggling, mm. and uh, tax cuts for 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 the elite for the upper echelon mm. you know as, mm. you, uh, as you would say as well yeah. how how and why so so and uh, another headline in the independent says schools and hospitals must find 11 billion mm. of cuts after uh, the um, chancellor's spending freeze yeah right yeah uh, so local councils told there is a fat to be trimmed from their budgets despite a decade of austerity yeah um, in that's that's the thing, isn't yeah. it? The public sector is getting cuts as well. Yeah. 
schools and hospitals and all of, hmm. I mean what why are they getting cuts they should be getting funded the most I I I'll be honest with you I don't really understand why you know all the most essential jobs hmm. right like for example being a teacher the public being, sector isn't it yeah yeah, yeah the public sector yeah. being a teacher yeah. being a police officer being part of the NHS yeah being like um, any medical any service any key worker yeah any key worker they they don't get paid as much as they should mm. right and they do long shifts mm. like nurses and police officers sometimes they have to pull like 12 hour shifts yeah right or even longer but they won't they won't get compensated for it properly whereas um you know these uh, like we were speaking about the salary of a uh, of a member of parliament like starting salary is like 80k plus mm. 80k plus 80k plus and how many hours are they working that's the thing in it barely anything <laughs> to be honest in my opinion but uh, otherwise <laughs> some know, of them have more, exactly. have more than one job yeah a lot of them have second yeah. and third jobs Or companies and businesses yeah. on the side as a side hustle mm. <laughs> but still we see you know this is why this is why you know what what islam says mm. islam says that you should pay your employee mm. before their sweat gets dry mm. now how 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 beautiful is that yeah and everyone should get paid according to according to their work mm. exactly so if, like it's, exactly. It, 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 islam not only talks about uh, it, it doesn't necessarily talk about equal distribution of wealth mm. rather it talks about a i mean it's not equal, communism is yeah, it yeah, it's not equal, communism and fair a fair, fair distribution fair. of wealth, exactly right exactly that's what islam teaches i mean these these western companies and everything governments and everything they talk about fair trade mm. of you know fair fair business and mm. you know this and that giving giving back to the giving back to the farmers giving back to um, you know the the crop growers and the harvest and all, all of that yeah but you know let's face it are yeah. they you know you know Look at the, look at their li- li- mm. life. Look at the, the way their condition. Are they in a good state? Mm. Are they you know are they being paid properly? They keep on milking the you know the <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. like not you know you should, they say, say no, not yeah. literally but you know they say like how yeah. you shouldn't kill the uh, goose that lays golden eggs right yeah but that's essentially what they're doing they're strangling that goose that's the thing that's the thing and. That's because they that's because yeah. they got so many other geese on their mm. other hand, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but you know, I, uh, I obviously I don't want to say this, but you know, um, the way we're going, we're heading yeah. into a recession. We are. Yeah, I mean, into a recession. I mean, yeah, economists are yeah. saying that we are heading towards a recession, mm. but that was definitely, I mean, that was going to happen. And you know, when when stuff like this happens, it yeah. go, it can lead to revolts in obviously. the country. Obviously, revolution obviously. and. Um, you know all sorts chaos, of uh, chaos riots riots all riots as well riots as well and uh, you know burglary stealing and all that mm. theft is going to go mm. up yeah um and for some people yeah. out there there's no choice so you see that's the problem that's why a lot of people they see that there's no yeah, other choice then there's no other choice and that's why a lot of people go into you know illegal businesses as well mm. you know illegal black activities market, yeah illegal activities mm. you, i mean during the pandemic right mm. when people couldn't you know couldn't go out yeah. and uh, you know sort of have that normal routine people who were who who were in that age they 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 needed to be sort of uh, you know they needed to, they needed work mm. right they yeah. couldn't find work and that's why they went into other businesses 
online businesses, webcam businesses. Hmm. I mean, I think you would probably know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. But you know, a lot. And the thing is, the thing is, hmm. is that they would earn thousands, hmm. thousands of pounds. Yeah. Just for a video, hmm. which they can make in a in a, in a day. Yeah. Not even in a day. Just you know, a lot of people do these webcam videos. Or you know, use other social mm. media platforms or whatever, mm. and even just one video, which is paid maybe half an hour or one hour, mm. they will earn thousand. They and they've admitted that they earn that much as well, and you know, it's. I mean, mm. I, I mean, illegal business is illegal business. I mean, that's that might not be illegal, mm. but there are other illegal businesses. You know, drugs, selling mm. drugs, selling you know other things as well. On the black market, because you know, um, like uh, one of the reasons how you know we spoke about, we've spoken quite a few times about the windfall tax, mm. putting them on like energy companies or even other bigger companies that make a lot of profit. But then the the reason they say that they'll mm. stop doing business in our country, which will lead to further, you know, uh, downfall of our economy. Mm. But then you know we just circle back to why did we leave the EU in the first place when mm. we had their like good I policies mean, in place yeah, literally. and we had like good like open market business all of that was there but now we're having to struggle mm. and this we we knew this was going to happen yeah, we knew it was going to happen fine the pandemic was there yeah. as well but yeah but every, the whole world was affected mm. by that it wasn't just us here in the UK mm. but still we knew we knew about the effects of leaving mm. the EU as well yeah so you know it's our it's our own you know, it's our own and now, uh, you know, mother tongue. We, uh, in Urdu, we have this saying that "apne paon pe kulhari marna." Yeah, literally. Right? literally. That's it's just getting an axe and just you know chopping off your chopping own off your own. Yeah, for, yeah, literally, literally. But, um, it is what it is. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's another saying in Urdu as well. Mm. Ab bashtai kya huwat chiriya chugai khet. Exactly. That was now. Now that the sparrow, now mm. that the the crow has uh, you know plucked the field. Yeah. Why are you gonna? I mean, what, what, what can you say now? You, you can't do anything. You can't, you can't do anything mm. now. There's no regret. I mean, you yeah. can't regret now, isn't it? What's but the there is something we can do. What? For we can not, you know, uh, milk the cow, right? We can start like lowering the salaries of the <laughs> um, members of parliaments, and we can start making, you know, uh, instead just, of instead of ta- tax cuts for like, you know, the the, re- the rich, yeah, the upper, yeah, upper echelon, yeah, it, like you know, we can um, obviously, you know, you have to balance like inflation and int- yeah. whatever that is, inflation and everything has to be yeah. in balance for the economy to be good, but um, make it just, isn't it? Make, make it, it just, fair. Make, make it, it fair. fair. Literally, that that that's what we're asking for. Yeah, I mean, who controls the money anyway? Mm. Who controls the money? It's the the, cent- the central banks, is it? It's mm. not. It's not these. Yeah. It's not the retail banks, obviously. Yeah, yeah. they are just the ones mm. who borrow the money mm. from the central banks. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I'm not an economist, so mm. I don't know exactly how it works. Mm. But still, I mean, why 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 can't why can't we do that? How is it that those billionaires are earning mm. billions, billions, billions upon billions, billions right? Mm. But then you know the, the you know the the, the lower class, mm. the working class, they're suffering the most. Exactly. And there's much more of them. Mm. There's there's much more. And you know we, 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 we see like uh, in the news, and people get really you know um, what's the word I'm looking for uh, affected by this mm. uh, when celebrities they'll like donate like say like one million to like mm. some some university or something like yeah. that, right? When 
in actuality, they've got one million around their neck. They got one million in on their teeth. On their teeth. They got grills. They got. They got. I mean, they, one million is nothing for them. It's nothing that's one, for them. Literally, that's nothing. Yeah. And it's it's it, you know it's it, um, like in even in Islam we say it's better for a person who has ten pound to donate say three pounds hmm. than a person who has a thousand pound to donate a hundred pounds. Yeah. Which which makes sense. If you look at the ratio, that's yeah. how it is. Yeah. It's the same thing when it comes to when it comes to bills, hmm. right? If it hmm. comes to bills hmm. or tickets or whatever. Yeah. If you get a ticket hmm. here, hmm. Um, you know how much would it be? Forty-five pounds if hmm. you pay it within hmm. fourteen days. Yeah. Or but then one hundred and twenty pounds, or something like that, isn't hmm. it? Hmm. It's one hundred twenty pounds. Let's just say. Hmm. Um, it, but then for some for a rich person, yeah, who can afford it, who's got maybe a Lamborghini or Ferrari, hmm. he'll just park the car wherever he wants. And we say, okay, you know what? What is one hundred twenty pounds? Exactly. Yeah, that's I'll, like, that's I'll, a parking. That's, that, that's like yeah. It's that's nothing. like he's paying for parking, which is like three pounds for him. Yeah, literally, yeah. literally. But that, that that's the same thing, isn't it? Hmm. If you're driving fast, uh, accidentally, you know, you don't look at the speed limit. You drive a little bit fast. Um, you know, you drive thirty-five on a thirty. Hmm. You might get t- You might get. You might get flashed. Yeah. And that's that's going to be. That you're going to put yourself in a difficult situation, right? Hmm. For a rich person, they will be like, yeah, fine, I'll just pay the fine. Hmm. That's it, done. Yeah, no, no, no problems, no problems. So you know, it's uh, that's how it is. That's how it is, isn't it? Hmm. That's why we always say in Islam as well. Pay according to your your income. Hmm. Pay that percentage according to your income. Yeah, and if that percentage is you know, is actually valued upon upon you know the the middle class, the mm. upper class, mm. the upper upper class, mm. right? <laughs> if that is if that is, is even a class, yeah. If they pay according to that percentage, then mm. fine. Then we can say yes, they have made a sacrifice. They have made, they have dis- contributed. Mm. They have actually you know gone out of their way to actually make that donation, yeah. which is a sacrifice. It's not just it's not just giving money, mm. right? I mean, you know, just like you said, someone who's earning ten pounds mm. and they give three pounds—that's a—that's a lot. Mm. That's a lot of money. Mm. Mm. But for someone who's earning a thousand pounds and giving, you know, ten pounds or mm. hundred, even a hundred pounds, yeah. What, what, what's that? That's nothing. That's yeah. nothing, isn't mm. it? So that's uh, that's you know that's and how a, it is. another thing. You know, I just want to briefly touch upon is like, for example, income tax, right? Right. So there's there's different bands, right? So for uh, example, if you earn, say. 12k to 14k you're going to get tax of like 19%. If you earn 14 and a half k to 24 and a half k you're going to get taxed 20%. Then if you earn 24 almost 30k to 43k you're going to get taxed 21%. But if you earn more than 43,430 for if you earn 43,431 uh, 40, uh, to 150k you're gonna tax. You're gonna get taxed forty-one percent. Mm. So you sure. yeah. just like so, you can earn yeah. up to for like forty-three thousand four hundred thirty. If you earn yeah. a pound more, your tax is gonna be twenty percent more. Yeah. And, and then and then if you that, earn over one hundred and fifty k, you're gonna get taxed forty-six percent. Mm. But the thing is, anyone who earns over like so th- those those people who are earning like forty-three, they. They would be classed like up upper middle class, right? Mm. But they get it the hardest, mm. right? 
they get it the hardest. Yeah, because how much yeah. they have to pay, it's, isn't it? It's much better to earn just a little bit less. Just a little bit less. And you'll get taxed a lot less. You'll be saving a lot more. Yeah. But the, yeah. But the thing is, with, 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 with people who have earnings of like 150k a week, hmm. some people do. Yeah. Like, Obviously, footballers. Uh, footballers and, yeah. and celebrities and stuff, right? Uh, that's nothing for them. That's nothing for them. Literally, it's nothing for them. And then you know they are the ones who get tax cuts. Mm. They g- well. yeah they they get write offs right. Yeah. Like there's certain vehicles. For example, I was I was looking at this thing. There's certain mm. vehicles like a G wagon, right? Yeah. Why do so many celebrities have a G wagon? Because it weighs a certain amount, and when it weighs when a vehicle weighs a certain amount, you can write it off as a tax cut. Hmm. Right. So, so if you're getting forty six percent, you're getting a G uh, G wagon for like ninety k. Just write it off. Simple. Write off. Yeah. yeah. Nothing, mm-hmm. as in under and, the and then and then they uh, they buy these you know these uh, paintings, mm. like you know some guy sold a blank canvas for like so many so it was so expensive I can't remember what the price yeah. was yeah but he was like oh this is uh, you know what's that term used for that type of art I can't really abstract remember. art yeah abstract art <laughs> yeah so he's like oh to me it's worth that much and people are like, just standing there looking around and that and they they buy that and they write yeah. it off yeah. I don't know how I don't know how that works. I don't know how that works out. But yeah, and then people these people have these offshore accounts where they, you know, yeah, uh, that's even even Shakira, the the popular you know Latin pop uh, artist, yeah. pop artist, yeah. Latin American pop artist. She's been accused of tax fraud, and she's facing up to eight years in prison. Seriously? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, she's on trial right now. Seriously? Mm. Well, that's. That's the thing, isn't it? You you never you never know these offshore accounts and all of mm. these things. I mean, it can bite you in the back, mm. uh, you know, later on. And later then, on as and well. then we've spoken about this before as well. That uh, just just to finish off that, mm. um, how much money was mm. wasted on track and trace and PP, uh, mm. false PPEs that went yeah. to waste? Yeah, billions. Yeah, that's the thing. Billions. billions. And we, we talk about billions as if it's nothing. As if we spoke about how how big a billion is. Yeah. So uh, a million is like eleven something days. Uh, a, a billion seconds is eleven something days. A a billion seconds with mm. a B, a big B. Yeah. Is thirty one something years. Hmm. That's the difference. Just think about it. That's, That's the, the difference. difference. And and people are multi billionaires. Exactly. Not just billionaires. Exactly. No, multi, and they and, and now they're trying to make uh, tax cuts from uh, the public sector. Hmm. Billions of pounds of tax cuts, whereas they, 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 you know, the government just casually just you know track and trace. We just lost a couple billion. We just lost a couple billion. That's, fine. That's it. Let's move on. That's the thing, isn't it? Just forget about. That's it. the thing. And then, we, and then we talk about, and then we talk about cuts being there for mm. the public sector, as mm. just, mm. just like you said. Where's the justice in that? There is. Where is the justice in that? That's why we're calling mm. uh, for all of these policymakers, and uh, you know all the people mm. who can make a difference. To 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 to, to raise down, awareness, get sit their down heads together, literally, and just uh, you know, just think about your fellow brethren, exactly, your fellow brothers and s- brothers and sisters who are struggling in the country. But you know, you know, all of this is a, it's it's difficult for people to actually care about other people without knowing, without fully knowing that yes, you know, we're we're going to be asked about it after. If they're not going to be held, a, yeah. Mm. If they're not going to be, if they know mm. that we're going to be held accountable for some, mm. for all of our deeds, mm. whether good or bad, mm. then that makes a big difference. 
But if you don't believe no, in but that, I think a lot of people Not a lot But there are people Who do know mm. But they're just like When tomorrow comes We'll see They have that type of mentality as well You know A lot You know People should People should realise mm. I mean coming from An Islamic perspective mm. People mm. should realise that You know Allah the Almighty He doesn't care About your wealth He doesn't care mm. About you know Your appearance He mm. doesn't care About your possessions mm. Or your your, you know how you know how strong you are or how strong your brothers are how mm. influential you may be mm. but you know at the end of the day it's your it's your righteousness that's going to be that's going to be affected. it's your righteousness it's your prayers it's, it's your, your deeds it's your deeds it's uh, about uh, fulfilling the rights of uh, Allah and the rights of mankind exactly exactly and this is uh, something that we want to want to leave with uh, some food for thought mm. for for our listeners out there this morning as well. We're going to be taking a very short break, uh, and right after that we'll come back. Uh, so don't go, don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome back to the breakfast show here on the Voice of Islam Radio. As I mentioned before, um, very interesting topic that we're going to be speaking about, uh, or interesting topics that we are going to be speaking about uh, today. Um, firstly, um, or the segment that we're going to go into right now is that how supermarkets are sorry, uh, supermarkets are top of the charts of the UK's most wanted companies to to actually work for. Now, I mentioned this before as well, but according to according to a study conducted by the Marketing Training Hub School of Marketing, Tesco was the most popular company online with more than three hundred and sixty-two thousand searches a month for job adverts and this included searches for tesco jobs and also tesco careers and the second most popular company to to work for is uh, is amazon and this is more than 184,000 searches a month for amazon amazon jobs and 12,000 for amazon careers and the next most popular company is asda which sees more than 138,000 searches a month um <laughs> I mean, I mean, what's left is Sainsbury's. The sort mm, of fourth, mm. the fourth place mm. is Sainsbury's, which sees more than one hundred and twenty-eight thousand <coughs> searches a month, and the Royal Mail is actually fifth. So it's you know, yeah, it's uh, these. I mean, retail. These retail, mm. you know, supermarkets and mm. retail uh, companies are you know sort of the biggest uh, places. I mean, the thing is, is that it's when when you're not getting the job that you actually want, mm. it's easy. It's easier mm. to get into these uh, retail jobs yeah. because they they always need people. Mm. They always need mm. um, employees to actually come there and uh, you know and, and, and do the work. Mm. But why why are supermarkets so appealing to work for? Uh, according to the job advert giant, indeed, um, supermarkets give employees an opportunity for flexible hours due to the different shift patterns. And this means that people who want to work at particular times in the day are usually able to choose hours that fit according to their commitments and including childcare or education as well. So 
I've seen, you know, a lot of people, a lot of students as well, mm. a lot of university students also. Um, they also they also work, uh, in, you know, they also work in retail. They also work here and there, so that they can actually pay off their tuition fees. They can pay off their other other, other fees and other bills as well. Um, a lot of people who, you know, is I mean, it, I mean that is that is a good thing about these retail shops as well mm. that you can. Say for instance, um, you know, any any supermarket. Yeah. Anyone who wants to work early in the morning or late at night, they can do so. Mm. You know, mm. uh, work the hours that they want. Mm. Works the hour. Work. And they the have like I think good benefits, and the you know the environment is you know it's a friendly environment. And it's a friendly environment, yeah, because yeah. everyone's on pretty much on the same boat, isn't yeah. it? And uh, it's pretty much yeah. I mean, you can. It's easier. Mm. Work is always easier when you get along mm. with your coworkers as well, definitely, isn't it? Definitely. Um, and when you have a you know good uh, boss as well, if you have a good boss as well, mm. who's on your side, mm. then you know then everything is yeah. then everything is uh, is is good and cruddy. Mm. Now another advantage for working in, in a supermarket is that it allows people to work with an environment where there is a direct interaction with other people, and that includes um, you know you know colleagues as well as the general public as well. I mean, for most people, that would be a good thing. But then sometimes you would see that some people they they don't really get along, they don't really get along with their coworkers, and that's you know that that's always a sad thing. It always makes life difficult. And also, when people when people are working in the working in the public sector, especially, and working in the in you know in supermarkets and retail, they have to have good sort of you know communication mm. skills because they're seeing customers on a day to day basis all the time. Mm. So, yeah. so I'm delighted to say we do have online with us our first guest of the morning, Alexandra Baker, who is a senior consultant for Tiger Recruitment, focusing on hiring permanent business support staff for a range of employees in London's West End. Uh, yeah. Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure. Just to start off, could you please tell our listeners about your organisation? Yes, so um, Tiger Recruitment, we've been around for about 20 years. We have a head office in the West End, as you rightly mentioned. Um, we also have a city city office um, who focuses on the east of London. Hmm. And um, we have an office in New York, Dubai, Zurich, um, and we work kind of all over the UK as well. Um, we specialise primarily in business support, hmm. but we do have a hospitality division. We have a HR division and also finance. And we're just recently opening up in tech. But yeah, we've been around for a really long time. We've got yeah. quite a good name in London. Um, and yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay, thank you. And in, in terms of the job market, what is the most common sector people are going to, into? Um, I think, well, what I'm finding at the moment is definitely, um, you know, within London, finance yeah. is a massive, just because the pay is, mm. is a really massive interest. Yeah. Um, but I also am finding, you know, a lot of, people are coming to us wanting to work within sustainability, ESG, hmm. wanting to put um, things back into the environment. So that's very much something that is a focus for a lot of people, you know, with climate change and things like that. Yeah. And uh, due to the pandemic, would you say that you're noticing more people working from home or wanting to work from home? Yeah, the working from home element is almost a compulsory thing for almost every person I speak to now hmm. for roles. Um, you know, more people, you know, through COVID, everyone was doing their jobs very, you know, especially desk jobs, very yeah. easily at home. Um, and that is something that all 
employees want now hmm. um, you know they can do it just as well at home as they can do in the office so I think employee um, the fact that um, employees want more from their employers so their, their expectation there for working from home is very much and it helps with their work-life balance that's so yeah. important to people now and through COVID I think it changed it changed people's goalposts in how they wanted to work hmm. and how they wanted to balance that home life so um, yeah it's definitely something that well, I work from home a lot, and, and mm. I know lots and lots of companies offer it. Yeah. There is starting; we are starting to see a little bit of change. You know, um, I don't know where you're based, but in London, you know, the commuting is back to where it was pre-COVID levels, mm. um, and clients are asking more people to come in five days a week, and it isn't being welcomed yeah. um, as much through candidates and, and employees. I mean, as long as, you know, the worth ethic is there and the work mm. isn't being affected, I don't think there's any harm for, you know, for doing desk jobs at home, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. I think where I work in the, the business support side of things, obviously you're supporting a business or you might be supporting an individual. Mm. So it's important for some staff to be in the office five days. Yeah. Um, but absolutely, 100%, you can do, you know, we have computers, tech is so forward thinking now you can do mm. everything online you know it works and it, there is an element where it creates this transparency of working through you know online everything online for everyone to see yeah and so yeah there are lots of pros and cons to it but yeah definitely on the employee well-being you know people want that flexibility they want that better they want to stay at home you know to do the, the school run or to go shopping and things like that you know mm. things that you couldn't normally do when you're working you know seven eight hours at the office yeah and you know as um we are talking about supermarkets um why do you think like they're mm. so popular and why do so many people want to work there mm. i think through covid obviously supermarkets everyone went to go work for a supermarket you know, when they lost their job mm. And there's a lot of security there. Yeah. Um, but then also, I think, with the change of cost of living, hmm. um, there is, you know, the employee benefit side of things. When you're working for a supermarket or, you know, a big brand, like a big name, you've got that security. First, you've got job security. And then you'll have money off of of, of things that you, um, you would generally need in life. And I think there is an element of that. You know, it will improve your quality of life. Hmm. Um but yeah, I would say that would be um, the kind of two main elements of the supermarket side yeah, of things. Yeah. You know, they're, they're massive, massive companies. Through COVID, everyone was applying for jobs, you know, whether that's, you know, to do the um, to dr- dr- deliveries or, you know, to work um, in store. And I think that shows quite a lot and it gives the, um, it gives the public, a, you know, a lot of confidence mm. in working for, for, the, for those types of companies. And in in your you know uh, professional opinion, what what do you think the general public is looking for when they're looking for job satisfaction? Mm, I think working for a purpose. I think there is a lot to do with you know as, if a company's got a good mission and a good um, company culture, um, that's what makes um, an employee want to work somewhere or want to be somewhere. Hmm. And you know that employee satisfaction through, you know, whatever the company are giving back to the employee, the employee well-being is, is paramount. Yeah. Um, and if they feel, feel that way, it's very rarely that someone will leave because of um, a bad culture. Hmm. That They would leave a, a role because maybe they don't get on with their manager or their manager's not doing as well as they, they could be. Hmm. But the culture's there and, and the well-being of the employee there is there. 
you know that that's that's what will keep someone there yeah and um how do you think companies and organizations can you know attract people better so obviously working from home yeah. offering that mm-hmm. <laughs> um offering that mm. and then also um benefits so a, a lot of um a lot of employees asking for private healthcare now as mm. an ad- an add on i think obviously since the last over the last four years there's been a bit of a shift in that yeah um you know and just having competitive benefits Hmm. so you know if you do offer like a cycle to work scheme or you know um some money towards your phone bill things like that really matter to employees and i think that's how you can you can stay competitive but also as a client or as a company looking at what's out there what are other companies offering as on their best benefits and salary package um, and making yourself, you know, knowledgeable yeah. um, as what's going on in the market. Uh, and lastly, could you just give any piece of advice on people who are struggling to, you know, maybe find a job? Don't give up. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, um, you know, it, it, is ho- it can be horrible. I speak to lots of people who apply for, you know, 10 roles a day. Yeah. Keep chipping away at it. Hmm. Be proactive reply to every email hmm. uh, as quickly as possible. Get in touch with a recruitment company. They are there to help. Um, they're as much a service as um, as any, as a, as a, they, they will help you as much as they can. Yeah. Um, but, you know, don't get disheartened if someone doesn't reply to an email. Just keep chipping away. Don't give up. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Thank you so much. You know, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you this morning. Have yes. a good morning and take care. Yeah. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, don't don't give up. Don't give up. Don't, don't give up. The thing is, mm. is that you know these benefits are actually mm. good as well yeah. uh, because sometimes you see that that employees, right? They mm. they if they work in a supermarket, yeah, they they still have to buy their own food. Mm. I mean, it, it, sh- surely, surely the company makes enough money mm. for the employees just to have, you know, even a meal deal, mm. have, have a free meal deal on them. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but they have to buy that. Fine, they might they might get you know a uh, a, a a customer a customer a discount. Mm. But what's the harm in them just getting you know getting free food, getting free food? You know, just like a meal deal, a sandwich, maybe you know a, a pack of crisps, yeah. a drink, yeah. a chocolate or whatever, mm. maybe a coffee, and then they can write it off, and, and, and then they can <laughs> and then they can and then they can write it off. I mean, what's the harm? What's the harm in yeah. them for them to do that? I mean, it's it's these it'll small things, m- isn't it? It will boost employee morale as well. Exactly. Right? It's a small yeah. gesture as well, yeah. and it will make a big mm. difference. Mm. So these small things are, you know, and you know, like during the important. pandemic, a lot of people did work from home, yeah. and their work wasn't affected, right? Mm. And obviously, now that you know, we've seen that it can be done. Obviously, a lot of people want a it. A lot of people want want to yeah. do that. And if if the work is being affected, then you call them in or you fire them. Simple. Simple, yeah. But if the if the same work is being done, yeah. Why, I then, mean, why not? Then why not? Yeah. Then why not? Mm. They just—I think the, the the employers they just want to you know monitor you. They just want you to be there and just they just want to stand behind you and just like you know. Uh, <laughs> I know what you yeah. mean. I know what you mm. mean. Yeah, micromanagement, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Some people, you know, mm. some bosses they mm. love to micromanage. Yeah, and they 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 know that you can do the work. Mm. They know that you do mm. good work. Yeah, but they they will still nitpick mm. small things yeah. just to. Just for them to show the authority, mm. you know. Yeah. Uh, but you know that's how it is. Mela guide everyone on the Mela, right path. Exactly. Exactly. The you know the the workers mm. as well as, as well as the, as, as well as yeah, the, you know employers the employers as well. Yeah. Exactly. Now, mm. but but 
this working from home, working from, you know, working online, having meetings online is so, you know, it's it's such a positive thing as well because companies, you Mm. know, they they can literally get employees Mm. from different countries. Mm. You know, there's a lot of people, uh, there's a lot of people from India Mm. who have been um, employed. You know, yeah, all these, by all three, these, but by by other companies by, uh, as well. All these, a- anywhere you call, any customer service you call, they will most likely be sitting in a different country. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, if they uh, if they get the job done, yeah, exactly, then exactly, then yeah. Even though, why not? you know, they do have offices back in their country as well, hmm. where they come in. But like, that's what we mean. Like, technically, it is it, obviously it's not work from home for them, hmm. but it's in a different country. It's in a different country. So just, just I mean, the, the work's still being done. The work's still being Even done. Even though, you know, sometimes the wait hour, the queue uh, on the phone is like, you know, an hour or no, more. But, 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 but if, if they can increase that, mm, then that mm. will get less as well, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. That's only there because there's limited mm, staff. Mm, there's limited staff. Mm. There's only five people in the office. Yeah. For example, mm. if it's a small company, mm. there's only five people in the office mm. that you can speak to. You're going <laughs> to, you know what I mean? Some people, and some people like to just drag on. Mm. But if you've got you know, twenty people in the office, yeah. or you know, or some of them are some of them are not in the office. They're working from home or from a different country. That can make a big difference, a huge difference. We do have a you know brief audio clip of His Holiness Hazrat Khalifa al Masih the Fifth, Hazrat Mr. Masood Ahmed, may Allah be his helper, uh, where he you know had a meeting with the the Khuddam, who are the you know the young members of our community. Uh, talking to them about um, you know different career paths, so we'll listen to that one briefly. In the Jamaat, there has always been a focus on producing doctors and uh, lawyers. However, we have seen the technological advancement happening and how the world is changing. What is your recommendation for some other fields or skill sets Ahmadi students should pursue? In other words, do you see a different need of the Jamaat in the future? You see. I never said that these are the only two fields which uh, our students should pursue. I have always taken, even to the Wakfine now, I have given six, six, seven, eight different type of professions and that they should try to go into these professions. Even now, see, present day world technology is advancing. You should also go into this field. Our, there should be our technologically, technologically advanced, uh, um, uh, you know, persons who even reach to the pinnacle of that field, right? Even I have asked Wakfina now, even to if they and to the MD boys, that they should go to the public service as well in the government service, bureaucracy, technology, law, professor, research. In, even in research, I have asked the students, I've, I'm, I'm trying to encourage the students to go into research. Even as in the, in the last of your, in your last mulaqat, I, I told you that Khalifa uh, Masi Salis even asked that we need 1,000 topmost scientists at the end of this, our first century or Hundred Nobel Prize winners eh? at the end of the century. So that does not mean that we should only focus on being lawyer and a doctor or something. 
in each and every field we should go and we should try to achieve the reach the maximum level of that field okay who said that we should only focus on this thing <laughs> i never said okay okay assalamu alaikum rahmatullah so these were you know some of the beautiful words uh, of his holiness like uh, speaking about different career paths that you know uh, us ahmadi uh, muslims can uh, take and uh, you know this it's not just like you don't just need to you know follow just one path you should have your options open and you know just like our guest said as well uh, don't give up keep on trying mm. so um, be proactive be proactive yep. yeah um have some actimil be proactive <laughs> and uh, you know that's uh, that's it for this segment uh, dear listeners we hope you've been enjoying today's show f- uh, um, so far and uh, you know as uh, always the number to call in is 0286877878 or you can comment or tweet via twitter at voice of islam uk uh, so we're going to take a very short break and then we'll move on to our second segment please do join us after the short break the firm one the one with extreme power which is both complete and unwavering surely it is allah himself who is the great sustainer the powerful the strong writings of the promised messiah alayhi salam salat prayer and istighfar seeking forgiveness are excellent remedies for apathy and indifference one should supplicate in salat o oh allah alienate me from my sins If a person continues to pray sincerely it is certain that his prayer would be answered sometime it is not good to be in a hurry a farmer does not harvest the crop immediately after sowing one who is impatient is unfortunate the sign of a pious one is that he is not impatient lack of patience has resulted in many a known case of failure If a person digs a well to the depth of 20 arms length and stops short of just one due to his impatience he would waste his entire labor were he to dig the remaining arm length with patience he would achieve his purpose it is the way of god almighty that he bestows the blessings of love eagerness and understanding after sufferings You're listening to the Voice of Islam radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome back to the breakfast show here on the Voice of Islam radio. In this part of the show, we are going on to our next segment uh, and that is how uh, exhausted doctors increases risk to patients safety something which is very very serious um we gave a brief introduction in the beginning in the beginning part of the show as well but studies have uh, shown that exhausted and burnout doctors 
have a high risk of uh, posing potential risks and threats to to patients and are being involved in incidents um is serious because people in the medical field who end up burned out and exhausted have a higher chance of considering qu- quitting their jobs also so it's not it's not just them being burned out because they are being burned out they can have an effect on them they can have a drastic effect on uh, on you know on 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 the patients and also also you know if the, if they're surgeons mm. and they're working mm. long hours if they're burnt out mm. then those surgeons can have a you know if they if they're doing surgery god forbid something bad happens mm. you know that's that's going to affect the person that's going to affect the patient's you know internal organs mm. and that's uh, you know that's that is a serious uh, situation as well um research found that burnt out medics were twice likely as their peers to have been involved in, pa- in in patient safety incidents to show low levels of professionalism and have been rated poorly by patients for the quality of care that they have uh, provided um it's also been proven that doctors within the range of 20 to 30 are also those working in the A&E or intensive care units are our most likely to experience burnout. The thing is is that they're working so much, isn't it? Yeah. We've seen so many cuts. Not just in the public sector, but the 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 doctors, the nurses because of I mean, it was happening before before the pandemic. It was happening before the pandemic because of Brexit. Because of this, a lot of doctors, a lot of nurses, hmm. a lot of key workers, they quit they said okay you know what you're you know you're you're coming out of the eu yeah policies are changing all of this whatever mm, mm. politically okay fine that's happening but then they they left hundreds thousands mm. of people thousands mm. of doctors nurses key workers mm. they they left they were like okay forget you guys we're out we're going to go back to our own country yeah and that the the, the you know the 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 doctors the mm. nurses the key workers um you know the public sector the, the ones that are that are remaining here the ones that are over here they're having to cover up you know their their shifts as well mm. they're working long hours because and, and then they work long hours they get mm. burned out and then that has an effect on not just them but their students their their patients their you know, their employees mm. their they they you know their their uh, their co-workers mm. if it, you know it's a whole if it, essentially everyone is affected by that as well yeah So that's no but you know but we have to understand is that you know um it's not like uh, you know we were being um you know we wanted independence from you know the EU the European Union it's not like we were being oppressed by them hmm. right it's just we just wanted like go back to our former glory days of you know hmm. the United well, Kingdom the great British uh, you know kingdom But uh, I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. But then we are seeing the effects of that mm. as well, isn't it? Yeah, we're seeing how everywhere. Even in our last segment where we were discussing, we were, we're discussing the effects that. of this. Same thing. Mm. Same thing. So we do have online with us our guest of this morning uh, in regards to this topic, uh, John uh, Professor John Groger, who is a chartered psychologist and a fellow of the British Psychological Society. He was appointed professor of psychology at Nottingham Trent University in June 2017. and he has been refereed for psychology at a number of institutions and is a former honorary general secretary of the British Psychological Society and president of the traffic and transport division of the International Association of Applied Psychology good morning professor peace be upon you and welcome to the breakfast show 
Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Walaikum assalam. Uh, just to begin with, could you please tell our listeners about your role as a chartered psychologist and a fellow of the British Psychological Society? Okay, I'm very happy to. So, um, when um, people study for a psychology degree, hmm. um, the quality of that degree is assessed by the National Psychology Organization, yeah. which in the case of Britain is called the British Psychological Society. Hmm. Um, so if the course doesn't um, do the range of psychology, the quality of psychology that uh, is necessary, judged necessary by the profession, hmm. then it won't be approved. So that's what the BPS does really. It approves courses, but it also supports the sort of science behind psychology and tries to improve professional practice standards. And I think at the moment there are probably about 80,000 members of mm. the British Psychological Society. Um, mm. Being a chartered psychologist means effectively that um, I can offer professional services, mm. um, um, services to the public, um, but also that I, I sign up by doing so to a charter of um, how I will conduct myself and the standards of my practice and so on and so forth. Yeah. The, um, the fellowship um, is, that's the most senior grade of membership and it's a sort of honorary grade. So I was elected to it by, uh, by the members. And, and I guess um, that's because of the scientific work, but also the contribution I've made to building the society over the last, gosh, it's really quite a long time now, <laughs> um, probably 30 years maybe. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, no, no, it's, I'm, I'm a very old man. <laughs> Not too old, I, I hasten to add. <laughs> uh, and uh, Professor, could you, um, you know, just swiftly moving on, could you tell us about um, how important is sleep to the human body and what are some of the tips that you can give us to improve the quality of sleep? Sure, absolutely. So, so I've been uh, doing research on sleep now for about 20 years. Hmm. Um, and... Uh, and, and you might think that after 20 years, I would have all the answers. Well, I've, I've got some of the answers. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and worldwide, there's a huge research interest in sleep. Hmm. And I suppose every day, hmm. um, no exaggeration, I find out something new about sleep. So I suppose the thing that I would say is that sleep is, is fundamental to how we operate as, as humans. Hmm. Um, it's crucial in terms of allowing us to recover from the challenges of the day yeah. and to prepare for the challenges that we are going to meet on the days ahead. So, mm. you know, and that, that relates to, to health, uh, mental and physical. It relates to our ability to do things well and not make mistakes or have accidents. Um, but that there are really serious health consequences. So, for example, if you don't sleep well, you're four times more likely to get a cold. Oh wow! That, that may that may seem odd, hmm. but but you know it, it really does. It affects. It's it's really about restoring and protecting the brain and the body, hmm. um, and our our sense of um, mental well-being. Um, so the likelihood of becoming depressed and remaining depressed, mm. our ability to deal with anxiety, um, are all affected by by sleep loss. So it's, I, you know, everybody will say this about the area that they devote their lives to, yeah. but um, but I can't think of um, a more 
important part. You, you know, you might think of waking is more important, for example. Mm. And, and of course it is for doing things. But we would never be able to keep doing things on a daily basis if we didn't sleep well. Mm-hmm. You know, in a matter of days, um, our, our, perform, our ability to do things, our mood, our well-being, our health would mm. just deteriorate. Yeah. You know, so, so it's a, it's an arguable point, but I think it's absolutely crucial. Yeah. And 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 a fundamental part of um of many uh, religious traditions as well, of course. Hmm. Definitely, Professor. We're talking about uh, sleeping and the you know the, the way that one one actually sleeps. Does the position of how you sleep make a difference as well? If you sleep on the right side, the left side, or if you just look up, yeah, it, on your back. It, <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing that it makes a difference. So, uh, first of all, we we move about a lot in our sleep, mm. um, and so we will change positions. And uh, you know, we sometimes people tend to think of sleep. It's almost like you know, you turn out the lights in the room and you turn out the lights in your brain as well, so nothing goes on there. In fact, an enormous amount goes on in your brain while you're asleep. Um, and so, if you're uncomfortable you will move position and you move position at different times of the night. The, the thing about, you know, I, I don't think there are any good or bad positions to sleep in, but certainly if you sleep on your back and particularly if you're overweight, you're more likely to snore. Um, and, and that can be um, bad for you in the longer term, um, but it's also uh, not very pleasant for those you may sleep with. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Um, Talking about how you know how, how does burnout occur in mm-hmm. you know especially in doctors people who are working long hours and how this can be yeah. you know, remedied. Well, you know, absolutely, it, and it's not just doctors. I, I realise that's a particular focus, um, and it's a very important one. But it's also it's it's also people in the wider care industry. So it's certainly nurses as well, mm. but it's home carers. Um, who can also, you know, because because we naturally, you, you know, tend to sleep at night, work in the daytime. Um, we're a diurnal species, is the, the technical term. That's what's natural. It's very, very challenging for most of us to consistently work out of that phase, to work at night and to try to sleep during the day. Mm. Um, and so one of the consequences uh, immediate consequences for shift workers, for example, all sorts of shift workers. Right. Uh, so this includes the police, emergency services, all of those 24-7 operations that we now, as a society, have come to um, rely upon and believe sh- you know should be there. But, but somebody has to pack those boxes for us to get our deliveries first thing, you know. Um, so, so a consequence for all shift workers is that those who work through the night so that would be, say, 10 o'clock in the, at night through to, to, say, 8 o'clock in the morning, or alternatively have very early starts, say, say starting um, maybe getting up at 6 o'clock or earlier. One of the problems for those people is the inability to sleep naturally. Um, so if you're working nights and you're trying to sleep during the day, your sleep is possibly two to four hours shorter than it would be. Mm. But it's not just that it's shorter. Some of the basic ingredients of healthy sleep will not be present because it's not physically possible to do that during the daytime. 
And so when we think about something like burnout, for example, which is a sort of, I guess, a psychic exhaustion, a psychological exhaustion, emotional exhaustion, Mm. then if you think about not being able to replace what you need because of not sleeping well or not sleeping at at, at a typical time, um, then gradually that will wear you down. And your ability to cope with things, the challenges and, you know, working in the health service or emergency industries is immense. We expect so much of these people Hmm. um, and they have such responsibility trying to carry that burden um, when you're excessively tired, I think becomes increasingly hard. And I think burnout is really uh, the the brain's way of saying, I've had it. I've just not been able to recover enough to keep doing this. Yeah, yeah. What what what's the way in which we can sort of improve improve our sleep then? And those people who are burning out, what, what can they do? Some piece of advice uh, for, for well, us. Well, in terms of advice, so I tend to think of there are two I's and two E's that are important in terms of sleep. So the first, um, the first I, oh, let's do the E's first of all. The E's are environment, having a sleep environment that is suitable for sleeping. So no noise, no distractions, not too hot, not too cold. Hmm. Um, an environment that you are, that is used for sleep and not used for other things is really very, very important. Um, emotion is also extremely important. That's the second E. Um, and emotion is, is about trying, if you are worried or stressed, try not to take those to bed with you, basically. I mean, one of the things that, you know, a lot of us manage our stress and emotion during the day by distracting ourselves. But when you're in bed and the lights are out, you can't distract yourself, not very easily. And so those things will will come and prey upon your mind and make it harder, make your sleep less restorative. So managing emotion is also important. Um, hmm. And so that's two E's, environment and emotion. And the two I's are ingestion. Um, so that's what we take into our system. And, and for observant individuals, this may be less of an issue in some cases, but for, for most of us, um, there are challenges of caffeine. Caffeine remains in your system for much, much longer than you could ever imagine. Mm. Um, so if you drink a cup of coffee, mm. um, that will be that will reach in, in your bloodstream that will have an effect. It's having half that effect about five or six hours later. It's still measurable in your bloodstream about 24 hours later. Just imagine, one cup wow. of coffee. Wow. Um, yeah. um, if you have coffee in the morning at 7 o'clock, one cup, um, I can tell from your sleep later that night whether you've had coffee or not. Hmm. Okay? It's just not, and, and frankly, um, I'm sitting here talking to you with a lovely cup of coffee. Um, <laughs> so I'm certainly not. Um, nicotine, um, whether it's patches or cigarettes, operates almost the same way as caffeine does. Yeah. Um, alcohol, people think, 
of as being good to get you to sleep. And, and a lot of people might have a drink of alcohol, you know, accepting different cultures, mm. um, might, um, might have a drink of alcohol before they go to sleep. But even a right. small amount of alcohol will, will, it will make you sleepy, enable you to get to sleep, but the problem is then it changes the structure of the sleep afterwards and you will not sleep as well as if you didn't have alcohol. Yeah. So that's, a, that's the, an I. Uh, I'm going to come on to the, the last I. So we've got two E's and now we're going to have our second I. And that's inactivity. We need to be active during the day. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. We need to be physically active. We need to be mentally active. We need to be active in terms of our friendship groups and perhaps in terms of our observance, connecting with people, in a sense, making sure our bodies are challenged during the daytime is a very important way of ensuring that when you go to bed, um, you are ready to sleep. So two E's, two I's are my basic tips. Very, you know, some, some good advice. Uh, that you've given us. Hopefully, you know, the, the listeners benefited from from that as well. Professor John Gregor, thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's been an absolute oh, you, pleasure. You, you're you. very welcome and a, a, an honour to be on the show. Thank you very thank much. You. Thank you very much. Good day. So that was uh, Professor John Gregor, who is a chartered psychologist and a fellow of the British Psychological Society. Uh, uh, speaking to us just there as well. Uh, thank you so much to him. Um Swiftly going to move on to our next guest of uh, of this part of the show, Professor Azim Majid, who is a professor of primary care and public health and head of the Department of Primary Care and Public Health at Imperial College London. Peace be upon you. Good morning. Assalamualaikum and welcome to the show. Uh, good morning and walaikum salam. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, to start off, uh, please tell us a little, uh, about your role as uh, head of the Department of Primary Care and public health for the benefit. Uh, the it's probably around, uh, it's probably around about 200 staff in the department. Um, we have a large teaching program, so we teach on the medical course at Imperial College, which trains doctors, and also on various uh, BSc and Masters of Public Health and Master of Science programs as well. Uh, mm-hmm. We also have a large research program in areas like public health, prevention, uh, diagnosing long-term problems, uh, COVID-19, and, and some other related areas as well. Interesting, interesting. So, what, what do you think are the reasons for doctors um, being exhausted? Uh, is it something that is recent or has been prevalent for a long period of time? Uh, it's been going for quite a long time, but I think it's got more, you know, most of it in the last couple of years for a number of reasons. Uh, one is that we've uh, got these ongoing shortages of doctors in many areas like mental health, yeah. uh, general practice in other areas, uh, acute medicine. Uh, another is that uh, for over two and a half years now we've learned how much COVID-19 which led to you know, our personal health service at various times. Also meant that doctors are often off sick uh, as well with COVID-19. So it means those who are left working are often working in smaller teams because one or two people may be off their team uh, with COVID or some other problem. Um, so, yeah, just, it's been there for a long time, but it got worse over the last two years, I think, through a combination of COVID uh, and through uh, long-term uh, shortage of, of doctors in key areas. All right, right. Now, what sort of support do, do the doctors have then to address this issue? Uh, so I think the key thing is for managers to be aware that this is an issue. So try to uh, address, you know, workload problems, make sure workload is not too high. Try to make sure teams are fully staffed. Uh, you know, give doctors uh, time for breaks, mm. uh, for example, in their shifts. Um, and if people are, um, uh, if people are, 
unwell, they can seek support, so all hospitals and NHS bodies will have access to occupational health services. There's also independent support services people can access as well, which are outside your own employer. Uh, and of course, you can go to your own doctor or your local NHS as well. So there's a number of areas where people can get support. The key thing is to get support, uh, you know, not to, if you are depressed or burnt out, not to keep on going, but to try to get support from, from your colleagues, managers, and from other support services the NHS does offer to doctors and other staff. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now, do you think that this issue, uh, you know, with worker exhaustion applies to other NHS staff as well? Yeah, that's very true. So it's not just doctors, it's also nurses, paramedics, psychologists, uh, managers, dietitians, physiotherapists, really across the NHS. Uh, you know, most professionals in the NHS are short of staff and are facing high levels of workload. We've seen the problems with the ambulance service in recent months. So not just doctors, really across the entire NHS, so really everyone's affected by uh, this problem. Mm-hmm. And your your role, what does your role in your organisation play in uh, you know in supporting these doctors, other NHS staff as well? Uh, so uh, I think one thing is to you know, train doctors who can uh, cope better with some of the pressures they're going to face going forward. So we aim to educate our doctors so that they will uh, be trained to deal with the problems they're going to see in the NHS in the future years and decades. And secondly, also it's advising them how to seek support and help. You know, so telling them where they can go for support. Um, you know, so, so that's very important so people must know where they can access help if they need help, if they are suffering from stress burnout, depression for example mm-hmm. Any, any, you know, just to, just to finish off there as well, any piece of advice uh, that you would want to uh, leave with our listeners as well uh, in terms uh, of this? Yes, yeah, so I think probably you understand the NHS have to work under a lot of pressure at the moment and I think it's winter will be particularly tough for the NHS, we'll see how it's a Covid probably how it's a flu as well, so we are going to see a very tough winter for the NHS to so be understanding of the NHS and its staff, help them, you know, by attending your appointments, having your vaccines, uh, and taking up preventive measures like not, not smoking, uh, exercising regularly. So do what you can to support your health and support the NHS more generally. Absolutely, absolutely. Professor Azimajid, thank you so much for joining us this Thanks for your time. Thank you. Peace be upon you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. So that was uh, uh, Professor Professor Azim Majid. Thank you so much uh, over there as well. Um, so it's, it's important. It's important that you know, as both of, both of our professors have actually said uh, uh, today, and I was just have to reiterate that as well. That sleeping is very, very much important. Uh, sometimes we may we may take it lightly, but sleeping is actually very, very much important um, for for you know for our for our health for our growth. Uh, for us to be in a better position. Of course, you know, we need to do work. We need to stay awake and do work. But how are we going to continue doing that work uh, effectively? How are we actually going to be doing that work with the most, you know, more, most beneficially without, without, you know, sleeping, without having a proper sleeping pattern, going to bed at appropriate time, waking up at, a, at an appropriate time, or, you know, going to bed early, waking up early, so you can make the most of the day as well, which is very, very much important. Now, Allah the Almighty has mentioned in the Holy Quran that uh, you know the, the the night is there uh, for us, you know, to, for 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 our protection, and the sleep is actually there for for us to you know for us to rest, and the day is there for us to get up and do work as well in the best way. Allah the Almighty mentions in chapter twenty-five, verse forty-eight. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وهو الذي جعل لكم الليل لباسا والنوم سباتا وجعل النهار نشورا and he it is who has made the night a covering for you 
and who has made sleep for rest and has made the day for rising up. Now this means, this tells us, this verse tells us that every every single thing whether it's day, whether it's night, whether it's sleeping, whether it's getting up, all of these things are are there for our own benefit. And using that time, at a, using that period of time for at 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 an appropriate uh, place, is what's going to be beneficial. For example, if you're getting up at night time, and you're you know you're staying awake at night, you're you know you're on your bed. Your, you know, it's night time. It's it's gone past midnight. It's you know one o'clock, two o'clock, sometimes even three o'clock. And you're on your phone, you're playing video games, you're watching something on the TV. You're wasting your time. You're wasting that precious sleep that you can get because God Almighty has said that sleep is a covering for you. Because when you sleep, you heal, and He has made sleep for rest. You need that rest, and sleeping at night time is the best rest that you can get. If you sleep during the day and stay awake at night time, unless if you know you have to or your work is related to that and you have to work at night time and you have to you know you have to sleep in the morning or whatever. If you're forced to do that, that's a different case. But if you have to if you work a normal life, if you have to get up in the morning, work during the day and sleep at night time, but instead of sleeping you're on your phone, you're doing other things, you're you're not being proactive, you're, you know, you're just wasting your time and you're just not sleeping, you're not just going to ruin your sleeping pattern, you're also not going to heal as much because that sleep that you get at night time is the best sleep that you will get and it is scientifically proven as well. But if you sleep during the day and you try to make up that those sleeping hours during the day, it's not going to be as effective because that sleeping at night time has got, has got that healing power in it. But if you sleep during the day, your body won't heal as much. So, doing everything at its appropriate time. And that is the best form of sleeping as well. And that's the best form of, of living. You get up in the morning, you do what you need to do, you do your job, you give, you know, you fulfill all of your rights, you fulfill all, all of your all of your deeds that you need to do, fulfilling the rights of God, fulfilling the rights of mankind, all of these things. And then at night time you sleep. But then you would see that you know, it is the, the practice of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that he also, and other prophets before him, that they used to get up at night time and they used to pray at night time as well. So it's, But when we say they used to pray at night time, it wasn't that they prayed the whole night. They would go to sleep early. After the night prayer, they would go to sleep. And that night prayer happens, you know, when uh, when it's, you know, after, when the, when the sun sets, there's a prayer that happens at that time. There's five prayers during the day. The fourth prayer of the day is when the sun actually sets. So when the sun is set, the fourth prayer is then. And when the sun has actually gone down and the darkness has come into the sky, um, which is normally an hour and a half after the sunset, that is the time for the fifth prayer. So the prophets of God, they would normally sleep at that time after the fifth prayer and then get up early in the night so that they can wake up for the pre-dawn or the the the, the voluntary prayers, the hajjat prayers, and they was, they would get up, get up for that one, and then they would get up for the morning prayer as well. So it's not just that they they did they, they stayed awake the whole night; they also slept, but then they would get up for the prayer, and then and then during, and then obviously 
you know, getting up, uh, sleeping after the prayer, getting up and in the morning and getting along with their day. That was their normal routine as well. Now, also, Allah the Almighty mentions in chapter 78, verse 10, And we have made your sleep for rest. So if we put both of these verses together, we can understand that sleeping at its appropriate time is very much important because it is the time for rest. It is the time for us to heal. It is the time for us to actually benefit from all the good things that we do during the day. And, you know, our professor, uh, one of our professors uh, actually said, our first professor that we got on right now, is that when we, when we, when we sleep, it is something that if, we, if we're staying proactive during the day, then we can actually, then we can actually, you know, benefit, benefit, uh, you know, it, it would have a positive effect on us. If we are being proactive during the day, we would be able to sleep. Those people who are getting in, you know, people who are in, get insomnia, people who can't sleep, um, they have also said as well, and I've known some people who had insomnia, that if they actually do physical exercise, proper physical exercise, and they also do mental exercise as well. You know, they, they, they think about a lot of things, they read, they, they're being proactive, they, they, you know, they're challenging their body. Then at night time, they will be able to sleep much more, much better. And it'll be much better than taking any sort of sleeping pills or anything else that people, other people resort to. That's just, I mean, that's just a quick fix. It's, not a, it's, it's just a temporary fix. It's not a long-term fix as well. Being proactive is very, very much important. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, it was his practice as well that he would, whenever he would sleep, he would sleep on his right side. And it's scientifically proven as well that sleeping on the right side you know, keeps you, keep you a little bit alert more than if you sleep on the left side as well. But that's our, sh- that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. It was an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you to all of our guests and of course our, our producers, our researchers and our tech support as well. Until next time, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.